Welcome back to the Worldview Minute. I'm Pastor Levi Secord. Uh, as we continue to build this Christian worldview in the doctrine of God, we have to look at the Trinity. One thing that sets apart Christianity from everything else is this idea, this doctrine that comes from the pages of Scripture, that God is one and yet God is also three. That God exists as three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that that is how God has always existed and always will exist, that he is three in one. You think about all the different world religions. You think about the pagan religions from the time of Christ. You have different gods that existed. And these gods were very personal gods, right? They, they reflected and looked a lot like humans. They were capricious. They did whatever they wanted. And they often ruined the lives of humans, whether you're talking about Zeus, Hera, uh, Aphrodite, whatever you're talking about. These gods were very personal, but they were not infinite. We've talked about the infinite personal God of Scripture. Well, the Roman, Greek, Roman gods, pagan gods, they were personal gods, but they weren't infinite. If you look at the God of Islam, if you look at Allah, as it were, he is very uh, infinite in their conception of God, but he is not personal because he's only one. The Trinity establishes for us how God can be both infinite and personal at the same time. And I understand that this doctrine is very intimidating for Christians and non-Christians alike. Right, there's a sense in which the Trinity is a mystery. The Bible has given us guardrails for how we can talk about the Trinity, but when we're talking about an infinite God, and we are finite individuals, that is, God is eternal, he is unlimited, and we are limited, the limited cannot fully contain and fully grasp that which is unlimited. So there is an element of mystery here, that if we could fully contain everything we know about God, all the mysteries of God in our head, he wouldn't be God. We would be, but we're not. And so when we look at the doctrine of the Trinity, we have to affirm, uh, what scripture affirms and see how it shapes our understanding of the whole universe and how that actually lays the foundation for the world as we see it. Again, origins matter. And so the Christian doctrine of God begins with this declaration. God is one. There is only one God. There is only one God. That God is one in his divine essence, his nature, his being. Behold, our hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. So Christianity is a monotheistic religion. But Christianity also holds that God is three. He exists in three persons. In one way, he is one in his nature, in his essence, and yet he exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We get this, I think, most clearly in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, Go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name, singular, one name, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them being equal. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all equally God. They are distinct from one another. The Father is not the Son, and He is not the Spirit. And that's the same for all three of them. And yet they coexist in one divine nature. Three persons in one nature. Perfectly and fully God, and who have existed in perfect union, harmony, and love for all eternity, past and future. And this establishes for us this idea that Christianity is, again, utterly unique in all of world religions, and in its uniqueness, it provides the necessary explanations for the world as we see it. So how is this important to the Christian worldview? Well, first, it establishes for us that you can't say that we all worship the same God. Islam says God is one. Islam says Jesus, the Son, is not God. Christianity says he is God. They both can't be true. They both can't be true. They contradict one another. We can't both be worshiping the same God because we are saying Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is God. All three are God. 
And they are all one in their divine na- in the divine nature. And the next thing it establishes for us is it gives us a foundation, um, a foundation for personhood and, and for the world being personal. Again, at the origin of the universe, if there is a impersonal matter, then everything has to be explained as coming from the impersonal. You can't just magically get personality, personhood, love, communication, those things. Where do they come from? But Christianity says the origin, the beginning of everything, is the infinite God, as we've covered in some of the other videos, but he's also the personal God. And while there's a dividing wall between us and God and him being infinite and us being finite, there is not that same dividing wall between us being personal and he's being him being personal. In fact, one of the main ways humanity reflects the image of God is that we are personal as he is personal. And how is he personal? Well, if God was only one and there were and there was, was no trinity, then he would need man to be personal. He would need man to love. He would need man to communicate. He would need something to communicate with. But as he exists, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that love exists within him. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Spirit loves them both. They love each other perfectly. And that is why the Bible can say, God is love. And this is why we can say, contrary to those who don't believe in God, that love is more than a chemical reaction in our head. Love is more than an evolutionary byproduct to continue the existence of our species. Love is real because it is based in the reality that God himself is love. There's a standard, a definition, a foundation um, of love. For example, let me give you the, the bad side of this equation. The Wall Street Journal, journal writing as a naturalist, uh, put this out. It said, instead of saying, I love you, the knowledgeable lover would say, darling, dopamine floods my caudate nucleus every time I look at you. We're saying love is just a chemical reaction in your head. There's no greater meaning to it. If you're really knowledgeable, you would understand this. Of course, no one really lives that way. No one looks at their child and says, well, that's just the chemicals in my head. That's why I love you. We know that there's something more to that. And Schaefer tells us what that something more is. He says this, Francis Schaefer, within the Trinity, before the creation of anything, there was real love. Before anything else existed, there was real love, he says. And he continues, and real communication. Following on from this statement, the Bible states that this God who is personal created man in his own image. Why do we love? The Bible says because God loved us first. And this God is, First John tells us, is love. How is that possible? In order to love, you need an object of the love. Well, if God is not three, well, then he can't love. If he's only one, he has nothing to love. But God is three in one. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. And the third uh, application here is this solves the problem of the one and the many. Why is there both unity and diversity in this universe? And why is unity and diversity together uh, appealing? The problem we're running into in this in this world today is we have worldviews that either push us only to oneness and to sameness or only to diversity with no oneness and no sameness. Uh, Robert Lethem in his book, The Holy Trinity, he, he puts his finger on this. This is very important for the Christian worldview at this point in time. He says this, postmodernism. Postmodernism is relativism. It's always pushing diversity, diversity, because there is no unifying truth. He says, postmodernism is unable to account for unity and diversity. Islam is a militant, monolithic, unifying principle with no provision for diversity. But postmodernism is a militant, diversifying principle without a basis for unity. He says, these are the problems the West is facing. Two challenges here. One within, 
postmodernism that says there is no universal truth. Universal. Unity. So there is no unifying principle. There's no foundation for unity. So we're constantly being pushed to identify as these different things, different things, more and more diversity, always pushing ourselves against one another and building up walls. You can't long exist that way. And then the other threat to us right now, and that's outside of the West, and that is Islam. Well, Islam's God is only one. There's no basis for diversity. Diversity is not good. Diversity is viewed as a threat. And so in Islamic, uh, more extreme Islamic cultures, they're always being pushed to a sameness, to a oneness. You must conform. But Christianity solves this age-old problem that the philosophers have always struggled with, that problem of the one and the many. Why can we look out at the universe and see such great unity? Well, if it came from a singularity, then yeah, everything should be exactly the same. But we can also see that within the unity of this universe, there's also breathtaking diversity. This reflects the nature of God, who is one and three. One God in three persons. This is what makes the Christian worldview unique, and it gives us the foundation to live in the universe as it is. Love means something. Personality has a foundation. Uh, the uni unity and diversity are good because our God is one and three. So this is at the heart of the Christian worldview, that God is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this video and this podcast as we continue to build the Christian worldview of the doctrines of Scripture and apply it to all of life.